This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you've tried to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big line? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. Warrior. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bass. I know the night is late, but when we come back, our very first bill will repeal the funding for 87,000 new IRS. You see, we believe government should be to help you, not go after you. We're going to pass bills to fix the nation's errant challenges. From wide open southern borders to American last energy policies to woke indoctrination in our schools. We'll also address America's long-term challenges, the debt, and the rise of the Chinese Communist Party. Congress must speak with one voice on both of these issues. Uh, if you don't think that's a big deal, you were wrong. To tie debt to the rise of the Chinese Communist Party, the only thing I would note to the new speaker, that ain't a long-term problem. That is a here-and-now problem. Frank Gaffney, you've been at this since the Reagan administration Defense Department, and I realize a lot of people are got hurt feelings that they said, but to, to say, to have a Speaker of the House say, we're going to deal with the rise of the Chinese Communist Party, not China, not the Chinese people, but the Chinese Communist Party puts the target right on them. And trust me, in Beijing, they're going, what did that guy just say? Tell me how, uh, if, if this is to get effectuated, it, the Committee on the Present Danger, China, because it's just not about the kinetic war that we're facing, it's also about how we underwrite the Chinese Communist Party and the infiltration of this nation, the capital markets, big tech. These investigations, many of them are going to be inextricably linked. We talk about a church commission. You talk about the Hunter Biden laptop. A lot of these, um, a lot of these investigations are going to have a central locus to them, and that is the Chinese Communist Party, its influence here in the United States of America. First off, do you think the Republican Party means it? Do you, are we going to just have another Benghazi? Is this going to be a Trey Gowdy performative where you do 12 hours with Hillary Clinton and then she just walks away scot-free and nothing ends up? You get a report nine months later that nothing happens. Frank Gaffney, or is this going to have real teeth in it, sir? Steve, I think you've hit the key point on several of those topics. One is uh, it really depends a shortcoming of this package, which in many ways is very impressive, the rules package that has to be passed, uh, is that it does not strengthen the oversight uh, function. And let's face it, uh, they can talk a lot about legislation. It's performative, as you like to say, unless they get the Senate to go along and the president to sign it. 
Um, the budget is locked down, as you pointed out endlessly, until at least the start of the fiscal year. But oversight is the key piece that they can do, that they must do. He's talked about it. It's, it's sort of the leitmotif of what this effort to hold him accountable was all about, and yet it's not contained as it should be in the package. So to answer your question, uh, we'll have an early test with this China Select Committee and possibly the Judiciary Committee, possibly the Oversight Committee. Will this speaker permit the chairman of those committees to investigate rigorously the very central threat that we're facing from the Chinese Communist Party, which is they've gotten their hooks into Wall Street, including outfits like Sequoia Capital, which isn't based in New York, it's based in Menlo Park, part of uh, you know Kevin McCarthy's constituency in the broadest sense, um, whose, whose president, uh, founder, uh, Neil Chen, by the way, uh, Neil Shen has just created in the past six months a $9 billion fund just to invest in Chinese startups. Like 900 uh, companies in China are in his portfolio. A hundred of them have a billion dollars in equity. This is a guy who is deeply, in fact, get this, he's the sole venture capital industry representative on the Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference. I mean, this guy is deeply in bed with the Chinese Communist Party, and Sequoia Capital is, I think, an outfit that the Speaker of the House has been in bed with too. So will he let each or better yet all of these committees go there, explore this, because we've got to stop underwriting the mortal threat we're facing from the Chinese Communist Party. And if we can't look at it, and by the way, the China task force that um, McCarthy set up two years ago didn't do that. They were going to, but they just didn't get around to it. I think that was because, like Benghazi, he told them, don't go there. We let them go there now. And if he won't, we're not going to actually root out this larger problem, which I think is true of him to some extent. It's certainly true of Mitch McConnell. It's absolutely true of Nancy Pelosi. And most especially, it's true of Joe Biden and a lot of his senior subordinates. Namely, they've been elite captured by the Chinese Communist Party, that can't be allowed to persist or we're toast. Uh, I'm going to come back. I'll get you on. By the way, I want everybody to know that the rules package I have up right now, they were going to stay till 3 or 4 in the morning. In fact, they announced when they came back at 10 o'clock, they assumed they were going to get the 14th vote done. They were going to swear everybody in, and they were going to pass the rules package and finish at 2.45 in the morning, 3 o'clock. They did lay out that schedule. Emmers did. Since it was delayed and he had the brawl, it started later, uh, and they cut it off. The rules package is up on my getter, and Russ Vote's going to come on. I'm going to get Russ on here in a, in a few minutes. Going to walk walk you through the r- rules package as a rules package is pretty impressive from people in the House Freedom Caucus and others that have wanted to have these changes for years. Supposedly it's going to be passed, but the Democrats are going to fight this. And already, as Frank n- mentioned, there's some moderate Republicans already come out and said the McCarthy's giving too much away. I can't vote for the rules package. So we're going to have a whole nother fight on that starting Friday at, I think, five o'clock when they kick it back off. Frank, I'm going to have you back on because there's a whole bunch of stuff already in debt ceiling on budgets and about the defense budget and it can't be cut. People should understand there's, there's not even a day off today. There's all kind of behind the scenes brawling already. 
So if you want fights, if you want to, if you want to get what you want, you're going to have to stay in here and fight every day because this thing is going to get tough and it's going to get gnarly. Real quickly, Mike Gallagher, a Marine, impressive young man. Uh, is he put on there by McCarthy because they don't want to go to the places we know they have to look to get to the bottom of the rise of the CCP and to get to the bottom of our debt problem and everything, the central core of it, you've got to get into their infiltration on wall street and in Silicon Valley. You have to do it. Exactly. If you don't do that. And also that's also inextricably linked and Posoba's going to be in a second. He's from the Intel service to DHS to CIA to DNI to FBI to DOJ. It's all of a piece. Is Mike Gallagher, this this a very impressive young Marine, is he put on there and Banks is not and other super China hawks, right? Is he put on there because McCarthy wants to control this already, sir? That is a concern. I think Mike is a good guy. Um, and I was impressed that he did say in a recent, uh, I think it was an NPR interview, that we need to find out what's going on with the financing of the Chinese Communist Party. The test is whether... Uh, Kevin McCarthy will let him go there. And if he doesn't, whether Gallagher will say, I'm sorry, Mr. Speaker, we have to go there because we can't perform the oversight function you've charged us with doing if we don't get to the bottom of who is paying for it. And by the way, folks, once again, it's you who are paying for it. It is your money. It's not Neil yes. Shen's. It's not uh, Larry Fink's. It's your money that is being migrated to this mortal threat, and they are using it shamelessly to do things. I think, I hope you're going to talk about Brazil later in the program, like the Belt and Road Initiative in our own front yard that's designed to yeah. uh, expand the global reach of the Chinese Communist Party. We've got to get to the bottom of this. I think Mike Gallagher wants to do that. The Committee on the Present Danger China is determined to help him do that. And uh, we're all about it. No, you for two years. How do people get to all the webinars? How do they get to your social media? People got to, if you want the immersive experience, they've got the content. And you will be informed because this is what these investigations are going to be going down these verticals. How do they get there, Frank? Uh, the easiest way is presentdangerchina.org. Uh, we've got over 60 webinars now. Uh, we're going to try to synthesize them with your help, Steve, in a book. My yes. social media is at Frank Gaffney and most of the right places. Frank, uh, thank you for hanging around this morning doing this. Uh, an old warrior called me. back like Cincinnati, like Cincinnati from the plow, Frank. You're back again. At the, you're going to be at the tip of the spear of this. I want everybody to know the, you, the player. Look, they didn't finish. They didn't finish. Uh, I don't know. Two o'clock in the morning. Two thirty. We're going to get the Gateses and the Boberts. All those are going to be on the Monday show. They're either flying out, going back to their constituencies, or maybe had a late morning. Um, but we're going to get the players on. I want everybody to know that. I want to go to uh, Posobic. Posobic, uh, and thank you for taking time away. Now I know you're down for the CPAC event tonight. Uh, thank you for joining us. I twofold. I want to get to your intelligence officer first, but I got to go to you and Charlie Kirk and the Turning Point guys. Give me your assessment of what happened over the last week, Jack Posobiec. Well, Steve, that's right. I am down here. I will be attending the event tonight at Mar-a-Lago. Huge flash mob for President Trump just outside on the Mar-a-Lago bridge right there on the Big Island Bridge outside. As I was driving past yesterday, we posted the video up. People are out there chanting huge Trump signs, Trump won, Trump 2024, all of it. But Steve, what people need to understand is that this audience, the war room posse, outlets like human events, outlets like Turning Point, so many of these out there, that's the reason for this week. 
That's the reason that these achievements and this historic stand, which has not occurred since the days of the Civil War, took place this week, that you saw people bring a faction of the party, because that's essentially what you have. You have two factions now. There's Conservative Inc. and there's MAGA. And there has always been this tension, this tug of war, and a political power struggle between, between those two factions since, what, June of 2015, when President Trump came down that escalator, that golden escalator. You're now seeing that very same fight eight years later play out on the floor of the, of the House of Representatives, even right up to the brawl of the ballots that we saw last night with Mike Rogers, which I don't even know if that guy should be on committees after the way he behaved last night. That's the tension. Look, when you got Kevin McCarthy up there talking about debt ceiling, talking about the FBI, the Chinese Communist Party, do you think for a second that he would be saying that without MAGA, without the deplorables, without the war room posse at the beck and call and have those 20 powers. Steve, you say it every day here, command by negation. That is why he comes to the table and that he's saying all of these things now. But it, it was now yep. incumbent on this audience more than ever. We used to have a saying in Navy intelligence, in God we trust, all others we monitor. We must now <laughs> be vigilant. We must be yep. vigilant and we must hold account. We must hold all of them, not just McCarthy, but all of these committees, that if we're going to go after something, I don't want to be Trey Gowdy yeah. and the Benghazi two-step anymore. No. We want actual, actionable intelligence. If we're going to go after the Chinese Communist Party, I want to go after every single one yeah. of them, because this is an elite merger. You've got people on our own side. It's not just the CCP. It's the Chamber of Commerce. It's Wall hey. Street. It's all of it working hand in glove with the CCP. Can I ask you just to hold on for a second, because I want to get into the Frank used the term. I think the old term elite capture elite mergers, the concept that Pasovic brought up. He's a speaks perfect Mandarin, a naval intelligence officer. Jack, hang on for one second. We'll take a short break. One of the most senior chiefs of staff on that. I realize, you know, John Fergus is in the mumble tank. People's feelings are hurt. Is a, but this is from somebody that's an insider. They go. Gates and Freedom Caucus ran the tables. MAGA decides what bills actually go to the floor of the House. And, you know, you had a Speaker of the House last night actually connect debt with the rise of the Chinese Communist Party. It's, it's not just it's not just. Um, investigations That's a huge part of this. And these investigations from inextricably linked, you're going to get to the bottom of. Of, of what's going on. One of the things Tom Massey said last night, or Tucker, and since you're an intelligence officer, I want you to help me out here. But the, the disturbing thing I heard, even on the Church Commission and this investigation into the FBI, into DOJ, into Intel, Massey, who's one of the biggest freedom patriots out there, wants to repeal the Patriots Act, he said, hey, most of this is going to take place in the SCIF. People should know the SCIF is a secure location underneath the Capitol, Right. Underneath the Capitol, skiffs are these places you, you have where you, you go in and, and, and they block out all the electronics so they can't do any wiretapping or they can't have listening devices. Is the most secure places you have. Jack, tell our audience, is that means it's all going to be classified? How are you going to get to the bottom of this to the public? If already they're setting, this, they're setting the table stakes, it's all going to be highly classified, sir. 
Well, Steve, that's that's exactly right. So when you go into this church committee, uh, church style committee, and I hope Thomas Massey is either leader of it or, or very close to the leader of it. I hope that Darren Beatty's involved for the January sixth aspect of it. But when we're and because because we should be subpoenaing, by the way, uh, the records of all the text messages to Ray Epps, uh, internet messages, whether that be uh, social media, whether it be Facebook, WhatsApp, anything that we can get access to, that should all be subpoenaed. And I'm not saying release it, but but if we find something where he's communicating with any element of the federal government, we need to have that information. Now, Steve, to your point on Massey's comment about the SCIF, walk people through that. SCIF, Sensitive Compartmented Information Facility. That means you can re- you can see information in there up to the TSSCI level, so top secret SCI. What does this mean? Adam Schiff used to play this game of, oh, I can see the intel, but you can't. Not good enough. You need to declassify that information. You need to work with the Gang of Eight and Kevin McCarthy. This is where it's going to be on him. He's going to have to work with the Gang of Eight to declassify documents that are coming out of these investigations. And I'm not just talking about Jan 6. I'm talking about the Twitter files. I'm talking about subpoenaing every agent that was going through and censoring people when it came to talking about the vaccines, when it came to talking about Hunter Biden, when it came to talking about the Chinese Communist Party. There are several tranches of information that we're going to have to run this on. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm going to put a pin in it. And Pasovic, this is why I love having you on. such a brilliant transition. We called for this church commission a couple of years ago. Uh, because of what I saw was going on with President Trump. Remember, I'm the one that, that spent more time in front of these uh, Senate Intel, House Intel, and the Mueller Commission. I spent more hours, they tried to break me, than anybody in the Trump administration. Uh, Don McGahn, I think, was second, and Reince Priebus was third. Um, and this is why I called for immediately after that a church commission to look at the FBI, look at DOJ, look at, and, and, and look at also the Chinese Communist Party infiltration into the United States. I want to go back. You just used the phrase "the gang of eight. Now, a lot of people in our audience will remember that from the from the uh, immigration thing. The original concept of the gang of eight came out of wait for it, the Church Commission, the Church Committee, yes. back in the fifties and sixties, and particularly the assassination of President Kennedy, the assassination of President Diem, which Jack Kennedy did not authorize. Right? He was as shocked as anybody. These assassinations. The, the, the wiretapping of American citizens, the anti-war movement, the Black Panthers, uh, the Ku Klux Klan, all these different, you know, uh, bad guy operations, right? Some of them, and also the civil rights movement, other movements, domestic surveillance, uh, putting of uh, federal agents in these groups. It had gotten so out of control. And after wait, Watergate, wait, Steve, Steve, it, this, it came out in the church yeah, commission that, that something like, and, and correct me on the, you know, on the, on the numbers, but something like a third of the KKK was either a federal informant or on the federal payroll yes. at that point, all yeah. around the country. Think about that. <laughs> think about that when you think of the problem. One third. So what the, they found a church commission to say, hang, hang on, the, 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 the people's, the House and the Senate have to have some involvement. This can't be, this was what was called the imperial presidency. Okay. And what it led to is a church in the church. They came up with a concept called the gang of eight. And that is, uh, you know, a, a couple, you know, the speaker, the senior people from the House and the Senate, plus the heads of the intelligence community, the, the Devin Nunez, the, four, four the intelligence side. agency, four and four on each side. Uh, they get and for the president to do a covert action. You have to have what's called what a, a, a presidential. Uh, they have to finding. write an action report, right? a presidential finding. That's the official term that has to be presented to the gang of eight. So they're in the loop. 
This is a very, very big controversy. So the church commission had a major impact in that it actually got the House and the Senate back involved. And this is the beginning of trying to break the imperial presidency because they thought the presidencies of Nixon, quite frankly, Johnson and these others had been uh, had been out of control. And so um, and pe- this is why know, this by new the way, one that, is so that when, when we say yeah. church committee, it, it, we're not talking about the church. We're talking about Frank Church, the senator from Idaho. Democrat, by the way, Democrat yes. senator, Democrat yes. Frank Church. And he gave an incredible interview at the end of all this, where he was talking, this is in the 1970s, and this this is back when it was revealed that the CIA had, in the 70s, by the way, the CIA had a heart attack-inducing ray gun, that they could point a ray gun at you and induce a heart attack, and Frank Church brought that to the well of the Senate and held it up before the American people. That was the 70s, ladies and gentlemen. He gave an interview at the end of that, and I'd love we can get that audio, where he talks about... No, no, no. i got to play that. I'm going to play that one day and get you on. It's absolutely stunning. By the way, Frank Church was a liberal Democrat from liberal Idaho. Democrat. My have we. Have ch- I know you got to bounce uh, Posobiec, and you and Charlie are all over this. There's a, look, a lot to play out here, a lot to play. Every day is a work day. Understand we had, the, we had the cartel head. Hey, we had it. It slipped away. For you know, a lot of that will become clear. We're putting up all the articles so you understand that. But we got a lot of work ahead of us. But People actually in D.C. from the opposite side are freaking out. Go ahead, sir. This audience needs to understand. This stand does not stop. It doesn't end with last night. It goes on for two years. Two years. Because now you've got vacate the seat. That's one vote. That's a one person can come down and make that motion. So you, this audience needs to stand vigilant. We've got two years every day you're on deck. Steve, tomorrow, by the way, We've decided because the China file special was so uh, so well received, we had so much good intention. We're actually bringing it back. We're doing a part five, Steve. We're doing part five tomorrow, and it's called World Perfect. War Taiwan. World War Taiwan wow. tomorrow. China files part five. And we want to get Jack on here next week to go through all of it. By the way, uh, one of the smartest guys in the business who's one of the engine room and the war room has been texting me about Jack's conversation. He said, remind, when you use the skiff, that's the ultimate and controlled opposition. <laughs> it's ultimate and controlled opposition. Pasovic, how did it get to you on social media? <laughs> well, of course, you can find me on uh, on Twitter every day. We're out there 24-7 on Telegram. And then all the live streams are going to be up on Getter. Jack Pasovic, good luck tonight. CPAC, uh, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, we'll be at Mar-a-Lago. See, you, see what the president has to say. Okay, brother, report back. Okay, we're not going to have time to play the whole clip. I want to play a clip we're going to talk to. This is CNN did an excellent clip on the history of the Freedom Caucus. And this is what basically command by negation over the last five days has been driven by Matt Gates and the Freedom Caucus. Let's play the clip and we'll just go to break and I'll come back. We won't have enough time to play the whole thing, but let it rip. Yeah, and most of those holdouts, most of those who initially at least voted against McCarthy uh, were part of the Freedom Caucus. How did they emerge from this fight within the party? It's a great question because the Freedom Caucus here did have considerable sway. They were among many of the holdouts that consistently voted against McCarthy. In the end, they they did get some concessions. They got more um, spots on the House Rules Committee for important, for example, an important committee up here on Capitol Hill. Um, but this is certainly just the pattern that we have seen from the um, House Freedom Caucus over nearly the last decade, trying to pressure House Republican leaders at every turn. I don't take orders from anyone in this town. They have become some of the most obstructionist. It gives us the power of negation. It's the power of no. 
and antagonistic Republican members on Capitol Hill. Fed up with the ways of the swamp and fed up with leadership that fails us, telling us to vote along with a Democrat agenda that is completely failing America. The House Freedom Caucus, a small but feisty group of Republican rebels that has become a thorn stuck firmly in the side of Republican leadership for nearly a decade. What I do not support is blindly supporting legislation that is critically flawed at its core because of, oh, we're in the minority. Building a brand on challenging GOP leaders, earning them various nicknames from their own party, like legislative terrorists and the Taliban 19. Being told by our own Republican leadership, well, it's 90 percent good, it's 90 percent tasty, it's 90 percent pure, there's only 10 percent poison and toxins in it, but drink it anyway. The group has been at the center of some of the biggest fights on Capitol Hill. At this point, uh, it looks like we could be in for a, a very long-term shutdown. Consistently making the task of governing more challenging. I don't want us to become a factionalized majority. I want us to become a unified majority. To the frustration of past House Republican speakers. I share frustration. Um, about 90% of our conference is for this bill to repeal and replace Obamacare, and about 10% are not. The Freedom Caucus was involved in former House Speaker John Boehner's ouster in 2015. In my case, on any given day, there were two or three dozen uh, what I call knuckleheads uh, who just wanted, they wanted chaos. Uh, they wanted it all their way or no way. Who stepped down amid difficulty managing the faction. The people on the fringes have a bigger platform uh, to make their points and, uh, and, and frankly, uh, create chaos. Later that year, they blocked Kevin McCarthy's first bid for speaker. We're looking for a speaker who works with conservatives rather than against us. Having a hand in his withdrawal then from the race. I think I shocked some of you, huh? The caucus was first founded in 2015. Born out of the Tea Party movement. Do what we told the voters we were going to do. With founding members like Congressman Jim Jordan. We all swore an oath of office. Ron DeSantis and Mark Meadows, among others. Under the original founding principles of open, accountable, and limited government, the Constitution, and the rule of law. The group attempts to operate with a bit of mystique. We would have to kill you if we told you. They don't publish their member list, which is around 35 members. And as now, a small number of them are again threatening to derail the next speaker. If you want to drain the swamp, you cannot put the biggest alligator in charge of the exercise. Their fight has become personal in both. Stephen K. Bass. Okay, MyPillow.com, promo code WARM. We still have the 80% inventory. So remember, Bed Bath & Beyond, I think, is getting ready to file for bankruptcy. Why? One of the reasons they took product like MyPillow out because of Mike's uh, firm belief in stealing that that this 2020 elections were stolen, and he won't give up on that. He's not going to give up on that because it happened, and we're going to get to the bottom of it and going to fight through this thing. Um, MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM. Go check it out today. 80% off inventory sale. You've got all the things you need to do to keep warm slippers, moccasins, uh, you got the sliders, you've got uh, the bathrobes, uh, the the heavy ones and the not so heavy ones. Also, you got the toppers, all of it. So go check it out. They money back guarantee up to 31 March of this year, the end of the first quarter. If you're not 1000% happy. Okay. Russ vote has changed around his, um, his schedule to join us here briefly. Russ, a couple things. Uh, first of all, we just had the history of the, of the, uh, the CNN did a good job, the history of the uh, Freedom Caucus, which you've been a, 
a, a main part of since the beginning of the Tea Party movement and the Freedom Caucus. Uh, t- for those, you were the, you were the architect kind of this. You were saying, hey, we got to take out the cartel head, and then we're going to negotiate with the guy that follows on. It turns out they, they gave so much, they were actually able to get the votes. It slipped through our grasp. We're the first to admit it. We didn't get McCarthy. But walk people through what we did get and how do you actually make that work maybe even better than taking out the, uh, the, the, the head of the swamp, sir? Absolutely. And we've got to this point in the debate because of the war room posse and those across the country who get their signal from it that the, the terms that McCarthy was willing to agree to were such that, that almost no other speaker would agree to in the amount of decentralization that would be given to conservatives and the rank and file and the member who are the exact opposite of the cartel. They're the ones without the power. And so this was a, an opportunity to have a paradigm-shifting result in how the House is operated. And let me just go through the, the terms of what we're talking about. The big three in my mind, and the, the crown jewel, is that the Rules Committee, which is complicated, procedural, but in the House of Representatives, all major bills and amendments are approved and governed by the Rules Committee. If you don't have that, then you have like all sorts of, of, of other rules in the House that allow substantial debate and you have real power. But the Rules Committee will now be stocked with conservatives that will have the ability to stop a $1.7 trillion omnibus bill. That, that day is over. That day is now over as a result of the, the ability to have an, what I call an independent rules committee. Steve, we haven't seen it since Sam Rayburn. This is 60 years of, of, of the cartel building an apparatus of power in the speakership and the elected leader. And we, we, we have changed that as a result of the 20. That is an enormous thing. All of the terms of the policy agreements, and there are big ones, they basically took the parameters of the budget that I've been putting forward and said, this is what we're doing in the House of Representatives, and they're saying, we're going to go in that direction, and the debt limit is going to be fought on that budget. Now, how is that enforced? That is enforced by the Rules Committee. will not put a budget resolution on the floor controlled by House conservatives that does not meet a balanced budget intent. How does all the terms about who's on this committee or, you know, what this, this, you know, this thing needs to be passed in the first quarter, all of that is governed by a motion to vacate. One member, Matt Gates, would go to the floor and say, we're going to have a vacate vote, a vote of no confidence in, in normal uh, procedural speak. We're going to have a vote of no confidence, and the 20 will be able to ride herd to make sure that the deal is enforced. So people want to talk about how this thing enforced. It's enforced built in with the Rules Committee, never had in 60 years, and the motion to vacate, which we now have back on the terms that Mark Meadows used it with John Boehner. And here's the, here's the final takeaway. And we also got Church Committee. This is, this, is the, this is what coalitional government looks like now. That's why this is so seminal, because we've been saying the HFC needs to be treated with respect procedurally, politically, and on the basis of policy, as if it is a, a partner in coalitional government, that is now the case. And it would not have happened with, without the courage of the 20 and the grassroots MAGA movement that this show represents. The, 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 the mainstream media, here's the tell. The mainstream media is saying this is the chaos, uh, this is the chaos uh, caucus that the war room and their audience are nothing but a bunch of nihilists. You could see this from Gates. All they wanted to do was command by negation. They don't have a positive plan. 
How does this work? Uh, and we know that they, if they hate it, it's got to be a good thing. But walk our audience through how we actually enforce it. I think a lot of people are saying, hey, look, these swamp guys are so, you know, the a cartel is so smart, so powerful, so strong. They may agree to all this, but at the end of the day, nothing will change. W- what do we have to do and this audience has to do, you and your organization and the House Freedom Caucus and Gates and Boebert and those members, what do they have to do to actually make sure we don't, after we roll them, we don't get rolled. First thing that everyone needs to do is come alongside and, and thank the 20 and keep that 20 together as a group. Just the way we, we look at things in, in, on TV and in real time with Twitter, there's going to be a tendency to say, well, there was the six and the five and the 13 that, that took the deal earlier. No, 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 no. This is the 20 that got this done. And this, that 20 needs to be intact. They need to be in fighting shape. They need to be excited about what they just accomplished because they did achieving a transformational result. And they're the new coalitional government in Congress. And the other members of the HFC that didn't join them are going to want to be a part of that as of right now. So that's the first thing. The second thing is we've got to stay plugged in because there will be upcoming votes about those House conservatives on the Rules Committee are going to now be have real de jure authority power in the House, and we're going to need to make sure that the terms of this agreement are being fought for in any given day, every given moment, and that can happen. We just showed what it looks like, uh, and we showed what they can do. When you've got the grassroots saying the same thing as the House conservative members and the outside groups like ours, when you have that triangle of influence, you can roll any cartel. You really can. And that's, we've, we've got to fill out that triangle of influence to roll the cartel on each and every one of these. But here's the thing. We've got the moral, we've got the procedural policy and political high ground that we have never had before. We're shooting down the hill. They're coming up the hill as it pertains to them, their attempts to unravel this. Now, this is what the Tea Party movement was formed and, and hoped to do before it got rolled. The Tea Party movement in, in the early stages because you had Pelosi, Boehner, and Ryan in a row, it, it would have it would have been uh, it, it was it was too big to grasp. You know that you would have never gotten here. You n- never got it. That's why those twenty hanging together. And remember, Charlie Dent said in the cold open at the beginning of the show, the speaker's vote supposed to be the easiest vote. Every vote from here is going to be hard. It's going to be tough, and that's why we got to hang together around the twenty who delivered this magnificent thing. Russ, I also want to, later next week, I want to take that rules package. They're coming back on Friday because a lot of our audience wants to get into the details. What I want to do is either get you on the six o'clock show, or maybe we do a webinar to, to, to explain to people. It's a 12 or 15 page document, but I want to make sure our audience, those that want to know and learn, actually you walk them through the rules package and why this rules package is, is, is extraordinarily strong for conservatives and for the house freedom caucus and for the MAGA movement. Uh, Russ, I really appreciate it. I knew you had to take time away today, but just give us your closing thoughts and, and comments as we go into the weekend. Paradigm shifting opportunity, real change. It's transformational. We haven't seen a victory like this in 60 years. Steve, we used to talk about earmark bans being a victory. It was a victory. It has nothing compared to the real power to control the money flows and all of the priorities that are so important in the in the in the moment that we're in. It's 1159 in this country. We're, we're going to lose our country. We've got to have real power. As of this deal, the conservatives in the House of Representatives and the MAGA world have that power. 
by the way, you talk about the the the, the earmarks. That's part of the deal. That's a, like a footnote because there's so many other big things in it. I also want to make sure people understand. When we had Russ on here, I think before Christmas, when he presented on here exclusively his balanced budget, these guys had worked on his balanced budget framework is part of the pay of the appropriations process going forward and everything we're doing the debt ceiling. A, a sine qua non, the, the basic template to get to a balanced budget is the work of Russ Vote and his team over at the center, uh, which shows you that's a sea change. Remember, Ralph Norman got involved in here because because McCarthy blew him off the first time. He says, I'm not going to support this balanced budget stuff. The, what has changed is in this deal right here, Russ Vote, your 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 balanced budget structure is the basic foundational element of the debt ceiling fight and all of it. So that's extraordinary. It shows you what great work and how seriously they take you over at the center. And also how powerful the Freedom Caucus and Gates and these guys are to put that in and say, hey, we got to have this balanced budget or we're not or we're not going to do this. Russ, how they get to you, the center, how they get to social media, how they find out everything is going on, particularly over the weekend, because a lot is going to be a lot happening. Yeah, folks need to stay plugged in. They can get me at, at Russ Vote. And the center is M A M Renew Center. And we'd love to follow us and stay up to speed on what we're doing. Appreciate the audience. Yeah, Russ. No, thank you, uh, brother. Really appreciate it. Um, one of the fighters, one of the architects of this whole thing to to get it pulled off. Remember, he, he was, hey, we gotta take out we have to take out the cartel head. Well, you know what? The way this deal works, go to Red State. They get a- has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, welcome back. Make sure you're on Getter over the weekend. We'll be doing live streams, uh, constant updates on all the news. It's totally free. I can use it. I put up all my stuff, and I'm an idiot, so you can do it. We also want to thank somebody made a great clip already about a little technical issue. You can't stop the war room. I want to thank the staff in Denver, D.C., and, of course, in our mobile studio for making sure that happened. Uh, ben, uh, it's very interesting. You bring in – by the way, it's not important just to see. It's important to see what you see, the 150th anniversary of the French poet's birth. Ben, correct me, in the commercial break, you were actually – you're at the Vatican. You were actually noticed by Italians. You're going to be a celebrity. Is this going to, is this going to mean I'm going to have to give you a pay raise? Um, you need to stop. Um, you need to get a larger piggy bank, Steve, to start putting those pennies in if, if I'm going to ask for a pay raise. Um, um, now, that, now that really would be seeing something. Talk about saying what you – I really would be seeing something. I'm um, warming posse. Talking of the warming posse, Steve, um, we have – I just interrupt myself again. We have a very, very special a blessing for a very holy, dedicated um, Christian, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. That's on my feed, on my getter feed. I know you're going to be putting it out on yours a little later. It'll be on the War Room account. Posso and Liz, you have, have already sent it out. Very, very important um, concentration of, of what the issues are. It's a New Year's blessing from His Excellency Archbishop Vigano. And, and I would ask anybody to who's listening, who's so minded, look at what he says. And if you know somebody who's feeling a bit depressed in, the, in, in these dark times, send them that message so that they can see it. Um, why? 
because we are engaged in the fight for the Judeo-Christian West. This is the important thing, Steve. This is why I'm here at the Vatican um, today. This is why we're talking about the death of Pope Benedict and what that death represents. Um, and it's why we're always talking about the importance of coming together, again here, really important, traditional Catholics and conservative evangelicals working together to try to restore the, the, these pillars that, that, that the haters of Western civilization have been rather successfully kicking down over recent decades. So with that said, Steve, I'd just like to talk about the importance of um, Pope Benedict and his death in the progress of the church over the second half of the 20th century. I mentioned it before, I'll just give a quick summary. There was this key ecclesiastical event with all the bishops of the world, they came together between 1962 and 1965. It was called the Second Vatican Council. Uh, now I know that especially mainland, mainland Protestants had their own issues uh, with liberal progressive, pro progressivism inside Christianity. It's a corrosive rot, it destroys the faith. We've also seen this very successfully implemented inside the Second Vatican Council. And what Pope Benedict tried to do was he tried to create a bridge between this, this core modernizing agenda and the traditional Catholic faith. Now, obviously that can't be done. He, in fact, he gave up, he resigned. Um, and with that passing, something very important has changed inside the church, right? What we no longer have, which is the, the situation under John Paul II, which was basically 50% was, let's call it conservative, with, with, with air quotes, conservative conciliarism, which is the idea that the Second Vatican Council can be interpreted correctly, plus about a quarter of the church um, as, as progressive and, I don't know, a little less than a quarter as, as traditionalist-minded. What happened is that, that 50% of the church that was before, that, 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 that had a great devotion to John Paul II and later to Pope Benedict, that has gone now. It is no longer sustainable under the current pontificate of Pope Francis to maintain that Second Vatican Council is, is orthodoxable. It, it, you can make it orthodox uh, with the direction of the Holy See. Well, so what we have now is, is the Catholic Church splitting into two currents. Progressivism, which wants a total rupture with, with the past, and traditionalism, which wants to go back to the to before the Second Vatican Council. And what we're going to try and do, and this is just basically the opening introduction now of something that's going to be increasingly important to the, to the warmest coverage, is that we're going to build a bridge out, especially, as I say, to the conservative evangelicals, um, because there's a genuine relationship here between traditional Catholics and evangelicals. The psychopath behind me has, has gone on record saying that he doesn't like conservative Catholics working together with conservative evangelicals, especially on, on, the, on the life issues, if you can believe that. That just shows you how far gone that man is. All the more essential, therefore, that we find and that we rededicate ourselves to our faith and we work together and to, to bring back the, the Christian basis of Western civilization. And that is, if you look at the blessing that Archbishop Vigano has given us, that is everything that the war room is working on. By the way, I want to thank Archbishop Vigano. I just put it up on mine uh, and Ben, your coverage. I want to make sure people understand the evangelical movement, and particularly in places of oppression like in Brazil now, under the, the rule of Lula, and also in China. This is why Wan Shi Shan, the henchman for Xi, went to, went to uh, Brazil. One of the things that China, communists everywhere, uh, they fear the Catholic Church, but they in particular right now fear the uh, 
the the evangelizing fervor of evangelical Christianity. It's it's a powerful force in this world, a powerful force in this world. And that's why in Brazil, it's driving the situation in Brazil. It's driving the situation with the Chinese Communist Party. Ben, I've only got a minute. How can people get to you? Quite frankly, your getter feed, all of it, your live streams are incredible. Bess, you're head of international, but you cover so much for us, the church. You cover domestic politics here. How do people get to you? Um. It's at Harnwell, simply my surname, at Harnwell on Getter. If I could just add that tribute you've just done, the most important evangelical Christian leader in Europe is Viktor Orban. Without him, it would be curtains. So everyone needs to keep him in, in, in their prayers and thoughts as well as, 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 well as uh, Bolsonaro. No, you see, you, see, you see Orban, you see Bolsonaro. There's, these evangelical leaders are just absolutely incredible. Hey, many of them are former Catholics. Right. We got to, you know, a lot of times because of the progressive nature of what Francis and these guys did in the Second Vatican Council, people, a lot of people thought they just didn't have the connection, personal relationship with Christ offered by the church. And they went to evangelical Christianity, an amazingly powerful force in the world uh, because it is the force of the uh, living Christ. Ben, uh, thank you so much, particularly taking time away to go and do it live from the Vatican. Really appreciate it, brother. Talk to you over the weekend. Thanks, Steve. God bless. Okay, we're going to have the combatants here on Monday. We're going to get into this. Remember, every day is a work day. The rules package is going to be passed on Monday. Plus, we're going to get Gates, Bobert, all of them on the show to explain exactly what happened in the way forward. No days off in the war room. Thank you. See you back here at 10 a.m. and over the weekend on uh, Getter. We rejoice when there's no war. Let's take down the CCP. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. WARROOM POSSE, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency.